going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Jacob of the band Thornhill over Zoom video. Jacob was born and raised in Melbourne in Australia, and he talks about how he got into music. His parents put him in piano lessons at an early age. He did that and then joined the boys choir in Melbourne. He talked about wanting to learn how to play drums and the early variation of Thornhill, where he was a guitar player and then ended up switching to the vocalists. They're very strategic about this band. They went to the recording studio first, put together an EP, ended up getting a manager. They had all of this kind of taken care of prior to playing their first show. So when they came out, they came out of the gate swinging. They talk about getting signed to UNFD, the success of the first EP, Butterflies, self-producing and releasing their first full-length album called The Dark Pool, then releasing an instrumental version of the record and an isolated vocal version of the record as well. And we talk all about their brand new album called Heroin. You can watch the interview with Jacob on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Thornhill. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's up, man? How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Is this backdrop too ghetto? No, I love the spray paint. <laughs> oh, all right, spray paint. Spray paint it is. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. Where where are you at? Aren't you guys from Melbourne? Or are you from Melbourne, aren't you? Yeah, we're in Seattle right now. Oh, okay. Um, I was I, like, dude, I think it's like 1 a.m. where he's at. So I was just curious to make sure that I wasn't just like interrupting your evening. No, 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 no. We're on tour right now. So I'm just in front of the venue in our living quarters. Ah, rad. I love it. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that makes no sense. That's weird. Is that too bad? No, that's do I need great. to do anything? No, you yeah, look okay, good. Cool. Dig it. I haven't showered. <laughs> it's all good. Thanks, Jacob, for doing this, man. I appreciate it. No, of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm Adam, and this podcast is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about the new record and how you guys got to where you are now. Sick. Sounds good. Sweet. So uh, was I correct? Were you you're born and raised in, in Melbourne? Yep, yep. Oh, you say Melbourne good? You know what I'm oh, saying? Like I do. All Americans? Oh. I don't. See, I've I've been taught this. I had a I had a coworker years ago and he's the one that told me how to say it. And like oh, yeah, really? every time I meet somebody or, or interview somebody from from Melbourne, they always comment. <laughs> on that. That, was, that was a good one. No, I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm impressed. Uh, that's funny that you said that too. Cause I, I'm trying to think recently, uh, who did I interview that was oh North Lane. They said the same thing. Like, oh my God, you said it right. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, that's good. That's definitely uh, good. Big points. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Anyway, well, tell me about growing up there. Um, oh, damn. Um, it was pretty sick. I mean, I live, we all live really close together. We're all like suburb kids. So we're about half, uh, half an hour away from the city. Um, so I live really close to the train. So it was really easy to go back and forth. Um, but no, nah, it's been sick. Best, best place to live, I think, so far. Like going everywhere else, it's definitely really good. And yeah, it's been, it's been good, man. 
to be honest. All right. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about No, no, Melbourne. I was just curious. Cool. I've been, cool. I've been out for so long now. I don't even know what Melbourne looks like. I don't even know what the inside <laughs> of this band looks like. You guys have been, what, on the road just touring for yeah. quite a bit? Okay. When, when this is our sixth week, I think, of tour oh in America. Gosh. Yeah. That is wild. So yeah, it's been a long one. Wow, wow, wow. How many more dates do you have left? Seven. Seven so more you, shows, I think 10 more days. Wow. Where'd you guys start? I'm just curious now. LA. Look this up. Okay. You're, but you're in, so did you make like a big, I mean, six weeks, you must've been a bit Basically. circle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. So we started in LA and we end up in LA. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. That's yeah. cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah. So from being in Melbourne, you, how did you get into music? I'm curious. Um, well, I started piano when I was four. Um, and I kept going until I was about 15 on just piano. Um, I played guitar and bass through primary school and high school. I joined, I was in the choir, the Australian boys choir for a while. And then when my voice broke, I kind of left. Mm-hmm. Um, well, when did then, you, how old were you when you joined the choir? Was that the first thing you did or it was piano? No, nah, no, nah, piano. Yeah. Piano was okay. the first thing I did for sure. Piano is probably the longest. That's probably the most of an instrument I know. I don't know it as well anymore, but I utilize it in another band I'm in called Cherry. But um, no, I started with piano, got into the choir when I was about, I would say like 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. Maybe did that for about five, six years, hated it. Um, did your parents and, keep you in it? Like, I mean, to be yeah, in it for six yeah, yeah. years. Yeah, <laughs> okay. my parents, yeah, they kept me in all of that sort of stuff. I just wanted to learn drums. That's all I wanted to do. So when I hit high school in year seven, I started drums and yeah, played drums in a band in high school and then played bass in a band in high school and then guitar in the first iteration of Thornhill in, in year 11 with Ethan and okay. Ben, our drummer. And then we didn't have a vocalist. And so I was kind of like, oh, I'll, I'll try and do it. And now I'm stuck. I'm stuck <laughs> doing vocals. So you guys so. didn't have a singer or, or when the band started and you just what said, ah, I'll, I'll just sing. Or you didn't have, you had somebody before that didn't work out. Uh, well, the original guitarist for Thornhill, Sam, he used to be the like the vocalist for like our battle of the bands kind of high school band, but we swapped um, cause he wanted to play guitar and we were going to do harder. I think we were just doing stuff that he didn't really want to do. So I had to go at it cause I think we were just covering North lane and ocean grove and architects and stuff. And I was like, Oh yeah, whatever. I'll give it a try. And then we did it and we were like, Oh, well, whatever. That was fun. And then I kind of just got stuck there with it. I think, Cause I wasn't like the best guitarist. I didn't really care too much about guitar. Um, mm. And then I think once I actually did the vocal part for a bit, I was like, Oh, that was kind of fun. And then we kind of just rolled with it from there. That's cool. So you guys were covering Northland songs. Or did you like them? Cause they're another Melbourne band, right? They're from there. Yeah. Correct? I were they just like a Sydney, but but they were, they just like a, Oh, they are from Sydney. And I think, but I don't know. I'm I'm confused. I confuse myself. Sometimes. I think because their new singers from Melbourne, maybe I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, were they were they like a band that had been established and were were doing things, or were they just a big band in 
in Australia that you guys kind of followed? They they were an I think they were an up and coming band in Australia when we first saw them because Ethan and I didn't know much about the genre or like the community, like the scene kind of thing. We we didn't know anything about it. We just knew. I think the bands that we really like. I was a Parkway fan. I oh, okay. liked like all that like. And uh, he, I think, was more of like Bless the Fall fan. Mm. So we had very different because we went to this. There was this one show that kind of started at Thornhill in a way. It was like uh, 170, it's a uh, venue called 170 Russell Billboards. And it used to be all ages. And um, we were seeing August Burns Red, um, I think Bless the Fall, north lane and glorified and i remember we saw north lane for the first time and we were just like whoa because that was the first show we'd ever really been to and we're like whoa Mm -hmm. these guys are cool we listened to them and we both kind of were like oh what they're doing is cool um and we both kind of at the same time we're like we both think this is cool and then we kind of that's how it all that's how that's what got the ball rolling i think oh wow yeah, so so, so cool. once the band starts going, like what was the first kind of like, you know, you guys start writing songs that are you playing just like local clubs? Like how does the no. band really start? Oh, it was before? wild. Uh, we were writing demos on an iPad on GarageBand for maybe a year, all through year 12 uh, during like maths classes and just other classes because we just weren't interested in high school really it just wasn't our thing we we're kind of like, whatever we know what we want to do mm-hmm. so we were just writing and writing and did some demos and whatnot and we just came out of year 12 and went straight to the studio and we met cv who um is in like Bellhaven and some other bands um and we recorded our first ep with him and we met MVD, who was our guitarist and manager, he was starting a management company or thinking about managing a band. And he came to one of our sessions and was like, okay, I'm going to manage you guys. And so we had a manager before we didn't release music, had an EP ready to go. And we this played is before you first. even played a show, right? Yeah, yeah, before we even played a show. Our first show was like stacked. I think it was Hellions, Void of Vision. Um, I can't remember who else, but it was it was a really big show for our first show. And it was, we, we got, we got given a very big helping hand straight away. So we never really did the club club show. We have played some club shows, but um, yeah, it kind of started off pretty quick and pretty um, big, which was really cool. Cause that venue is a sick venue. It's a very, very cool venue. Wow. And you guys, did you get signed pretty quickly to UNFA? Yeah. 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 I think so. We did, uh the ep 13 and then we did two singles and we signed with unfd on the next ep um so it was like maybe two years in two and a half okay so it wasn't super quick but like so once you put out that you know that ep and get a manager like are you so you're really kind of getting put on pretty pretty good tours and 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 support slots is that like that's what i'm okay yeah, we, we, it took a sec for us to tour, I think, like properly. Um, but yeah, we got given a lot of like good shows. We weren't, we definitely weren't ready for those good shows, which is hard because, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't get to do the small show thing and like work our way up. It was kind of like thrown in the deep end and we weren't good enough for that. So it's been a lot of catch up for us at the start, I think, but it 
it was um, really cool to learn all those things straight away though. Yeah. Like what was it like going out and, you know, getting your, like your first show together and like how many, you're probably playing to a massive room. Was that terrifying? Yeah, it was fucking terrifying. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's taken a long time for that fear to subside. I'll tell you that much. Um, oh, is that right? Yeah, it was, it was hard. Um, and I just didn't, I didn't know anything about singing yet. I had to go, like re go back to a singing teacher to teach me how to sing. Because I just had no idea. I just went in being like, oh, I can scream. I can yell really loud. That should be right. And then once we progress further into the singing world with our sound, I wasn't ready for it at all. So I was like, oh, my God, I don't know how I'm going to be touring, how I'm going to be doing this. It's a nightmare. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, what would you say like the next, I mean, before signing to UNFD or UNFD, was that like, did you have a, a buzz? Like, how did they find you and, and decide to sign you guys? Um, I think they, well, I guess they were scouting um, and they came to a show that we were playing. I think we were on the, this tour with The Brave. That was our first, like, it was like a weekender. So, because mm-hmm. there's not many places to go in Australia for, like, big tours unless you're doing regional stuff. So, we were just doing Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney. But it was our first tour, so it was very exciting. And we played the Melbourne venue and they came down and checked us out. And we were in talks from that show onwards, I think for a while, just back and forth, keep us updated with what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that, that was cool, which was funny. I don't know why they signed us because that show, I was not only horrible, but I stood on the mic lead and dropped the mic and the mic came out and it's big sound and it was just so embarrassing. So I don't know what they were thinking. Cause I still, <laughs> I still do that to this day. I have to get our TM who is yeah, Hey Dusty. He has to um, tape my microphone every night because I just trip on that shit still all the time. <laughs> well, when you left that show, were you like, oh man, like I, I blew it? Or oh, I didn't that... know that they were there. Oh, you didn't know that they were there. No, I didn't. And then they came back and they were like, oh, that was great. And I was like, no, it wasn't. Don't fucking lie to me right now. Like that was horrible. But here we are still. With but them. then they signed you. That oh, must have yeah. been a, was that a big moment? It was. Yeah, that was a really big deal for us because that at that that was the label that we wanted when we first started when we were kids we were like uh, in high school being like oh that'd be so cool if we signed to unfd we all had i think we all had unfd t-shirts so it was like it was a pretty it was a, like full circle kind of moment for us for sure that's cool that's so cool and they're Austra- australian label as well so, well they're i think worldwide now but but don't didn't they start off as an australian label i i believe so yeah, yeah okay yeah, but still, like that's so awesome. The, the 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 label you wanted, and and you know they're the ones that come to the show, and then they're the ones that give you the shot, and then you know you get signed. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Once you sign with them, what's the like? Does that just elevate you to like a, a, the next level as far as like you know recording goes or or show support goes? It definitely elevated the way we appeared on social media as well. I think because they know how to market stuff and they know how to make it look kind of good. And it was very helpful having like that support in like, you know, having a, a good label and like the vinyl side of things and all those sort of things. Cause then butterfly ended up doing pretty well. Like it was a, it was a big one for us and they really were a helping hand in doing all of that and made it look as good as, um we could do at that time so it was it was really cool having that 
um, and they were lovely and they definitely helped us so much on the album um, mm-hmm. campaigns and stuff like that. So it was definitely something we couldn't have done without them. Mm-hmm. Once you have some success from Butterfly EP and then you go into putting out your first like record, like full album, was that something that you were like hesitant about as far as like, uh, is this record going to do well? I mean, we, we did one, one, we did well with the EP on the label. Like what's going to happen? Like, was that anything that you thought of going into it? Ethan and I are firm believers in albums. I think like that's our whole thing is that albums is important or they should be important. Um, and so for us, it was a bit, it was never like I'm scared or I need it to be anything. It was more like, okay, cool. We're going to write an album for the first time. Like this needs to be good. This needs to, like we have to put everything we can into this album, um, kind of do as much as we can. Um, and it, you know, it needs to feel good to us. Like it needs to feel like this made sense that this is where we were going with it. Um, with every side of uh, every aspect of everything. It was like really important for us to nail this first one. Um, Cause we just think if you nail the first one and you know, you've kind of got a good platform to kind of explore and do what you need to do. Um, and so it was a cool, it was a cool experience, especially cause we did it ourselves. Like we self-produced the whole thing. We oh, did it really? with our basis. Yeah. We did it all. Um, so we were very like, particular with it and um yeah that's cool like that the label was supportive of that ago. too i mean to go into yeah. a, your first debut record and you guys are like we're gonna do it ourselves like we don't care mm-hmm. about having this whoever producer or this person involved like they just let you go for it basically yeah it was a lot of fun that's it was awesome a lot of, it was very very hard very hard when it's self-produced as well and that in a point of like it's really hard to keep plugging away when you've got so much other stuff in your life. Like, cause we're still, we're still young. I mean, it's getting harder now, even as we get older. Um, but it's, it was hard to be like, Oh, you know, your parents want you to go to uni, you know, they want yeah. you to, you know, they want you to do things and you're like, no, this is the thing where you're working at the same time. You're trying to fit in writing days. And it's, it's a nightmare, honestly, but we made it work. Was, do you remember the moment when you could go back? Or like, was it after that record came out and it started doing well that you could go back and tell your parents, like, see, like, I told you we should be doing this. Like, I didn't know. To, I don't need to go to uni. Like, no big deal. Yeah, it definitely was. I think it was definitely that album. Or it might have even been the EP because I remember the EP launch. We played this bar called Cherry Bar and we sold it out pretty quickly. And mm-hmm. it was our first headline show. And they came to that, all our families, and they were like, "Wow, okay, this is a this is a real thing." And then that's you know, awesome. They come to tours and stuff, and like, okay, so one day it'll be a job. <laughs> <laughs> and so you go to tour to support this record, and that's or the Dark Pool, and then that's when COVID hits. Yeah, we did. A, we did a headline run, mm-hmm. and then we went to Europe and toured it, and then we came home got shut down for a year and then we did a regional run for it or across Australia somehow didn't get shut down for that then got shut down when it finished and then here we are this okay. our first tour back yeah so I think it's wow. our first tour back so you were able to, to tour it with you did that uh that tour then and com- you completed the tour with wage war and dead yeah yeah oh, so okay. we have to we have toured it we just haven't toured it in America 
um, and probably not as much as we would have across Australia and maybe Europe. So sure. But still, I, yeah. I was curious. A buddy of mine, Cody, you probably know him. He's in Wage War. He lives oh, like, yeah, in yeah, the same yeah. town as me. He, he's such yeah, a great sure. dude. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just curious. I saw that you guys did that tour with them, and I didn't know if it was something that you were able to finish, it sounds like, which is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were okay. very lucky. And you put out, what, two other versions of the album? One is an instrumental version, and then one with just the vocals? Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Someone, what was the, yeah, what was yeah. the idea behind that? Uh, well, the instrumentals, I think, is a big thing for our genre. I think people really like that. Um, so I think it was always something we were going to do and do an alternate cover. And then I think it was a joke to do the vocal one. <laughs> and, and I was like, no, I don't want to do that. That sucks. And then they just did it anyway. And now it's up forever. Okay. So it's just the same record with this. And maybe it made it easier because you guys produced the whole thing. So they just took the stems. Exactly. And put it yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were like, ha, 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 let's do it. And then people actually really liked it. And we were like, okay, that's all right. That's cool. That's there really you go. cool. Yeah. Well, tell me about this new record. Cause it sounds like you're still, are you touring like kind of supporting the dark pool or no, or you're just working or supporting this new record that's coming out what in less than a month. Yeah. 50, 50, I'd say our set okay. is split in half. I'd say, cause we've got four sing, no, three singles, wait, Casanova, Hollywood, Archangel. We've got three <laughs> of the new record and I think three of the other one, cause we're only playing six songs on this tour. Um, so we're doing half, half. Yeah. Okay. And what, when did you guys start putting together this new record and was it also self-produced? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was self-produced. Yeah. But, um, we got George, uh, Lever who did sleep token and stuff to, uh, mix and master this one there. Okay. And when did you start Uh, writing it? Like, was it during straight after Europe, to be honest, we started after Europe, but then it took us a very long time to finish it just because lockdown just ruined our mental capacity for music, I think. And a lot of people mm-hmm. just, you know, you don't feel like you're ever going to get out of it or get back to it. So it took us a long time to get out of a rut of just like, fuck this, like why are we even doing this kind of thing? Um, once we got over that, yeah, we, it was basically a lockdown record. I mean, we recorded the drums in a garage because we couldn't go to a studio because they weren't open in australia oh, like wow. australia was shut down completely so we were like it's a it's a diy album but that's the point of the album um you know it was supposed to be kind of feel like a live album sort of feel kind of grungy and 90s and you know a bit a bit different to like these polished metalcore records now or what we did for the dark cool so um it made sense for what it is, but yeah, it was a long, long, grueling two years. I'll tell you that mm-hmm. much. Was it finally here? Do you feel like the pandemic had any like so, like effect as far as on the record? Like, did you have more time to sit on things? Do you feel like you know? Yeah, like, in that sense. Yeah, I think vocally, it was it was the break I needed to work on what I wanted to do because my you know I have my mic right next to my bed like my studio oh really okay i recorded all the vocals myself in my bedroom um and like i whenever i had an idea i could just go and do it you know what i mean it wasn't like a i'm going to the vocal booth we have a certain amount of time i have a certain Mm -hmm. amount of time in my voice that i can do you know where you know kind of doing that thing in front of everyone else it was more like i get to just do whatever i want 
with no judgment other than my parents telling me to shut up if it's too late. Um, <laughs> so like it was, it was, it was cool in that way to just be able to just, you know, you don't feel like you're wasting anyone's time trying weird ideas and doing weird stuff. Right. You were able to just follow it and just, you know, you're not waiting on anyone. And Ethan, I think felt the same. And we had a lot of different processes on writing these songs that were a lot different to the dark pool. Like we would write to imagery and film and, things like this to really try and pinpoint moments of emotion rather than being like, Oh, this song is sad because I don't really mm. vibe that anymore. You know, like I'm a bit older now. I don't think I, I want more from music than that. And I think we both wanted to pinpoint different feelings that you're not used to from us. And that was kind of the point of the record. So we'll see if we nailed that or not. Amazing. Amazing. So, uh, like in the, in the past, was it, you guys wrote together in a room or, or would you have an idea or, or Ethan would have an idea and then you would work on it together. And was this done more as he, here's some music, see what you can come up with, or I have a, you have the melody or whatever, and you send it over to him. Like how did, how did that work? Um, it was a lot different because we would go to Cage's house, which is our basis to produce, Oh, like mix and master the dark pool. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, we would go to his house and pre-pro there a lot of the time. So it was more like if I had an idea or we needed to do vocals, they would have to sit there and watch me do it. Mm. And same for Ethan. And we'd just sit there and try and ride. So it was, it was a cool process, but it wasn't the process of this record. And I think we learned a lot about writing on this one, especially now. Um, I had to buy like a really good mic for this and I had to learn how to like, <laughs> Uh, record properly and like do proper proper things because all those takes on the record are from my house like I had to learn how to make it sound decent at least so I it was easy for him as in Ethan to send me demos from his room and I would download them into my logic session and track over them and send them back and we had folders of stuff so it was more of a collaboration this time like we worked together a lot more than just patchworks of recording Mm -hmm. and stuff so there's a lot more streamline, I think, which we're going to take onto the future. I think that's rad. That's cr- that's so cool that the whole record was essentially sung in your bedroom. I mean, yeah, that's probably like it's cool to hear those stories and like you know you think about it like five years ago that was not even like a thought in anybody's mind. Like you had to go into the studio and pay a boatload of money, and now you could essentially do uh, you know a perfect record from your own your own bedroom. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't say perfect record. It's definitely the faults of it are purposeful now. Like, I don't think if we were going for what we were going for on the dark pool, it wouldn't have sounded good, I don't think. Really? And I, yeah, I don't think so. But it's not what we were after anymore. So we got, we got lucky. I think everything kind of aligned <laughs> for this record. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, real quick, why do you say that? Were you like, what, what was different when it went to, when it came to the dark pool versus that? Like, why would it not have worked that way? just proper studio time like drum studios and vocal booths and like more time in the mixing process like just more things that you were hand on like more hands-on and had more control over i think Mm -hmm. and it was more of like this is recording this is done for us it was like this can be recorded we're doing this on the side we're doing this we're doing this it was kind of like all over the shop a bit um, just because of the pandemic and what we could do and what we couldn't do legally and things like that. It was just, it was a shit show. 
um, yeah. but it all it all came together in the end. Thank you. Yeah, the the record, I, the songs I've heard off the record so far are awesome, man. I think you guys nailed it. So, um, and then to be gone for you said six weeks, and you still have another ten days. Like, ah, I, I bet you guys are itching to get home at some point. <laughs> not I'm that you, not that you're not going to kill it for seven more days, but yeah. Oh God, I'm getting to the end of my thread. Not gonna lie, I haven't sang this much in my life, but it's been cool to see like our um, stamina. I think, especially coming out of because what we were worried about is we we just did Europe and we were in a groove and we're like, sweet, like we can do this now. But then you got lockdown for two years and now we're about to like we just went on the biggest tour of our career and we were all like, we can we do this? We prepared. We have absolutely no like foundation here um of you know stamina and being because it's not it's when you tour it's not just about playing live it's about your friendships you know it's about your living situation you're tired all the time you know you get sick you get this you get that everyone's broke you know so there's like so many other layers to touring that you don't really think about or you don't live until you're living it um so that was a big one for us too to be like are we going to tear each other's heads off or are we going to blow out first show and you know like what's going to happen but it's been really good i can't believe it so, yeah i mean yeah. being in a van and like you said and just not only do you have to perform every night or every other night or whatever it is and bring that energy but it's like there's never like a rest like a fully you're not going to go home and sleep in your bed and get like a great sleep day and then come out and you know it's just like you kind of have to just keep going and going and going. Oh yeah. Oh, it's insane. Apparently the six, we have six weeks at home after this tour and that's the longest we're going to be home until December. <laughs> oh man. So, so you guys are going yeah. right back on the road. Yeah. 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 It's big, big heroin plug year. Um, it's going to be the biggest test of our lives. We'll see how we go. Yeah, see how it all how it all pans out, but I'm sure it'll be great. And the, the record's rad, and I appreciate you taking time out of your day to to do this. I know you guys are busy. No, it's fine. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I do have one more question for you before I let you go, Jacob. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Aspiring artists, I would say oh, there's a lot of things. I would say be open to. Oh man, this is a good question. I haven't actually thought about this. Um, have a good foundation of workplace that has a good relationship with you because you're going to be touring a lot and trying to get work when you come back. And that's super difficult. And it's something that we've struggled a lot with trying to keep jobs while we tour. Um, I would say also really be patient, especially with your band. I think it's, you guys got to be best friends. I think at the same time, you know, you're always on tour, you're always in each other's space. You got to, you got to be careful with each other and make sure you're all doing well, especially when you're away a long time. And in terms of music as a vocalist, warm up, warm down. I don't want to hear no shit. Don't drink, don't smoke and all that stuff. Like treat your voice like a muscle because it is, and you're going to have to treat yourself well. And as a musician, you know, just do whatever you want to do. Don't let anyone tell you anything different.